For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, you are listening to WCEV 1450 AM. And we are streaming live at this very moment at www.wcev1450.com. Radio Islam is a live call-in talk program, and we talk just about everything. And we broadcast every day from 6 to 7 p.m. Central from the beautiful city of Chicago, Illinois. And if you are on social media, make sure you take a second, take a minute, be on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, and go to at Radio Islam USA. Follow us, like us, let us know that you're there. Send us a message, direct message, inbox, all the good stuff. Particularly if you're on Facebook, make sure that if you are listening, that you can put a question, you can make a comment, anything you like on our Facebook. Well, I shouldn't say anything. Let's keep it, you know, let's keep it a uh, keep it cordial, okay? But you can post your questions or comments on our Facebook page. We keep that open during our broadcast. And uh, we'd love to make sure that whatever your point is, that it is interjected into our conversation. So if you'd like to give us a call, that's 312-750-1178. That is 312-750-1178. So tonight, we are really fortunate to have with us uh, on the phone, we're going to be talking with Rohina Malik. Uh, she is a critically acclaimed Chicago playwright and solo performance artist. She was born and raised in London, England, of South Asian heritage. And her one-woman play, Unveiled, it was developed and had its world premiere at the 16th Street Theater, where it received critical acclaim. And Rohina's play, The Mecca Tales, was produced by Chicago dr- dramatist in 2015 and nominated for a Joseph Jefferson Award for Best New Play. Her current play, Yasmina's Necklace, had its world premiere at the 16th Street Theater in January 2016, directed by Ann Filmer, and was nominated for a Joseph Jefferson Award for Best New Play. She is a resident playwright at Chicago, dramatist, and artistic associate at the 16th Street Theater, an artistic associate at Voyage Theater Company in NYC, and an artistic affiliate at the American Blues Theater. Malik's plays have been produced at the 16th Street Theater, Victory Gardens Theater, Crossroads Theater, Chicago Dramatist, Next Theater, Brava Theater, Voyage Theater Company, Silk Road Rising Theater, Project Baltimore, Baltimore, and Mustard Seed Theater. Unveiled was presented in two South African theater festivals, the Grahamstown Arts Festival and the 969 Festival in Johannesburg. Rohina is a proud member of the Dramatist Guild of America. And currently her play, Yasmina's Necklace, it is being performed at the Goodman Theater right in downtown Chicago. So we welcome you, we urge you to take a moment and uh, look at it. It's got great reviews. And we're going to bring on Rohina. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Yes. So um, I've been looking, uh, and hopefully I'm going to get a chance to, to go and, and see the play myself. But I've, I've, I've heard great reviews about it. And uh, just uh, I'm really pleased to be able to talk to you about it. Um, can you, first off, tell us a little bit about your motivation behind the piece and maybe tell some of the uh, some of our listeners kind of give them a paint them a picture of what Yasmina's necklace is about. Um, Yasmina's necklace is about two families. Uh, one is uh, uh, an Iraqi refugee family, Yasmina and her father Musa, mm-hmm. and they have been resettled in Chicago. And the other family is a Muslim family where the mother is from Puerto Rico. She's a convert. Mm-hmm. And her name is Sada, and her husband is an uh, Iraqi immigrant, and their son is Abdul Samia, and he cha- the play begins with him changing his name to Sam, because, mm. due to anti-Muslim bias. And um, so um, the story is basically these two families coming together in a sort of an arranged marriage setting, an arranged marriage sort of introduction for the two young people, and then it goes into a different direction. Um, it deals with the human cost of war. It deals with identity. And um, it deals with um, how to find yourself in a very complicated world. 
So I really I'm drawn to work that deals with identity, especially underrepresented identities. Um, and, and by that plainly, you know, uh, as Muslims, you mentioned that one of the characters is uh, an Iraqi and uh, did you say a Puerto Rican as well? Yeah, um, my play deals with Latino Muslims. The imam of the play is African-American. I wanted to represent the diversity of the Muslim community because often people think of Muslim, they think Arab. Mm -hmm. And if you go to the mosque, that's not what you're going to find. You're going to find such diversity, especially in America. I mean, African-American community is one of the largest communities of Muslims in America. Mm -hmm. And that needed to be represented in my place. So you have Iraqis, you have an African-American imam, you have a Latina convert from Puerto Rico. Um, so that was really important to me. So is that um, is that one of the, I guess, one of the, the signature motivations for you uh, in your work? Is it is it identity-driven or the idea of, of giving voice to these communities? Um, all of those things, identity and uh, diversity, matter to me a great deal in my work. Um, but does it play a role in, in the story? Sometimes and sometimes not. I mean... I want to tell a story. I want to tell a good story. And as I start to sort of plan a story, uh, I start to think about different characters, and then ideas come into my mind about, well, wouldn't it be great if we could represent this community of Muslims? Because I think that our diversity in the Muslim community is really exciting and something that should be showcased so the world can see how diverse our community really is. Absolutely. How do you approach telling stories with such um, with such diverse characters uh, is, is this a part of your own uh, your own experience uh, where you where your experience encompasses uh, that diversity that you talk about yes absolutely I mean I am as a member of a mosque you go to the mosque and I I feel that I mm. feel that when I walk into the mosque I feel that in my family my sister's husband I mean we are our heritage is South Asian, Pakistani, mm -hmm. and uh, my husband is South Asian. My uh, eldest sister, her husband is um, Syrian, mm -hmm. and my other sister's husband is a German-American Muslim. So that diversity wow. is within my family, and it's within so many Muslim families. So yes, that's it's something that is uh, close to home for me and something that I love to show and break the stereotype that people have of what they think a Muslim might be. Now, how do you approach character development and, and these stories that you tell? I, you know, character development is something that takes time. I have an idea or a sense of what the character might be, and then I write a draft. Then I invite actors into the room. And when actors read the word out loud, that's when it starts to really get stronger and change. And then I go back and do more rewrites. Then I'll have a public staged reading and listen to feedback from the public. And when I hear their thoughts, it makes me go back and do more rewrites. And then this process continues for years. I mean, Yasmina's Necklace, which is now playing at the Goodman Theater, um, it is a play that has taken seven to eight years of my life developing it. And character development, it comes slowly, but it starts to form. Sometimes you're inspired by the actor reading it. It gives you ideas of who this person might sound like, might, might, um, uh, what would their personality be like. And you try that. And so it takes time, but um, actors are a big part of my process in mm. character development. Because you get to see the character actually come to life. Yes, and you can see which characters are interesting, which characters are kind of dull, and then I'll go back and do a rewrite and try something new. So that's the power of having it read out loud, because plays can be read. You could sit at your home and read a play, but that's not what they're intended for. They're intended to be performed with actors live on the stage. Right. Now, speaking of the stage, now, what is the relationship like between uh, yourself, uh, the director, and, and not, not you two specifically, but in general, your, your experience and your outlook on the idea of writing something uh, forming a world and characters, and then turning that over to someone else to give direction to bring that to life. Um, it's exciting. Like at the Goodman Theater with Yasmina's Necklace, uh, Ann Filmer is the director for the play. She directed it at the 16th Street Theater in Berwyn. Now she's directing it again at the Goodman. And it's exciting to see her vision of the words, and, the, and she directs the characters, helps them to 
fully realize the character development. She stages it, and um, it's really, it's always exciting to see where the play will go, and it's wonderful. It's exciting. Does it does it surprise you uh, at times when you see um, her direction maybe bring out elements uh, within characters that you might not have uh, anticipated or even thought of when you when you created them? Absolutely. That happens all the time. And that's kind of why, you know, I always say that theater is collaboration. Yes, I wrote the play, but it is so much about collaboration. It's, it takes so many people to make theater. And what Anne does is lead the way because she's the director. So she's looking at everything that the lighting designer, costume, sound designer, set designer is bringing to the table. She looks at what the actors are bringing to the table, and she is the captain. She's the one who chooses and says, yes, this will work, no, this will not work this, do this, try this, do that. And we need that one leader because, you know, too many chefs ruin the stew. <laughs> and having that one leader in charge of everything mm-hmm. really um, gives the play vision. It's her vision of my words. And I'm always surprised and I'm always excited. It's wonderful. So, uh, Rohina, what, what's next for you? Um, I know you've got a run right now at the Goodman. Is Yasmina's necklace, uh, will it be... Uh, will, will, will it be traveling to another venue? Yes. Um, right now in New York City at the Sheen Center, I played the Mecca Tales, which is a group of Muslim women who go for pilgrimage to Mecca. That's up in New York. We just got an amazing review from Broadway World today, and I'm so thrilled about that. Um, the play is now moved to New Jersey, to Edison, New Jersey, with Crossroads Theater Company. Wow. Which is so exciting. So I'm flying to uh, New Jersey to see that. And I'm also um, excited about January and February. I'll be in Boston. Two theaters in um, Boston are doing a partnership to bring my play Unveiled, my solo play, to Boston. So that's upcoming. And then after that ends, I begin my residency at Northwestern University as the artist in residence. And I'll be doing some work, some public showings of my work, developing new work while I'm there, teaching a class in contemporary playwriting. Um, to the master students, and I'm just so excited about the upcoming year. Wow. I mean, you are moving. You're going to have to schedule time to breathe. <laughs> it's so. been crazy. <laughs> it's been absolutely crazy, but a good crazy, a good busy. You know, playwrights go for years where nobody cares about their work, nobody's interested. So when things start to happen and productions start coming your way, it's something that I'm truly, truly grateful to God for. I mean, it's just such a blessing. Absolutely. Now, I don't want to keep you too long, but if I could ask you quickly about uh, Unveiled. You, you mentioned Unveiled, and that's a previous work. That was a one-woman uh, show that you did. Yes. Right? Um, would you please tell the Radio Slam family a little bit about that as well? Um, Unveiled is a story of five different Muslim women. It's a solo play, so I perform all five women. Mm -hmm. And each of them tell a story about post-9-11 backlash and the impact it had on their lives. And um, this is a play that developed at the 16th Street Theater in Berwyn. And it went on to theaters all over the country. I perform it pretty much all the time at universities, sometimes high schools. And um, it's a play that really has helped. I feel like with, when audiences that don't know much about Muslims see it, they always say, I learned so much, and that's so beautiful and meaningful to me. Um, it's a chance for them to hear a play about Muslims written by Muslims. Right. Like, for example, when I turn on the TV and television shows and film, Muslims are always stereotypical villains. They're always the bad guy. And um, often you'll find that those that are writing those roles are not from our community. Right. So it's often through a white lens, and um, it's stereotypical and offensive. And the one beautiful thing about telling your own stories is there's power in that. And people can feel that when they see my show that this is written by someone who is from that community because that authenticity is something that you can't fake. And um, it's been really wonderful to be able to tell our own stories and, and see the impact it has on audiences. And they learn so much, they laugh, they cry, and then they realize walking away that, you know, the Muslim community are not stereotypes. They're not something to fear. And that we are concerned about uh, extremism just as much, if not more, than our neighbors. Absolutely. Because when extremists do something, 
we have to pay a price for it through backlash, through hate crime, through hate rhetoric, through um, the rise in hate crime. Mm-hmm. And my play deals with all those themes and issues. It deals with hate crime. It deals with hate rhetoric. And um, there's things we need to talk about, especially now in 2017 with such a rise in hate rhetoric. Yes. Um, we have to have these discussions because the truth is when, an hate, when a hate crime happens, two things need to be present. Negative stereotyping about a group of people and degrading language. Right. And when those two things are left unchallenged, the result can be a murder. So I, as a writer, have decided to write these stories with the hope that they will smash stereotypes and that they will show uh, a non-Muslim audience and a Muslim audience that, you know, we are people, we are human beings, we are normal. We may not be represented in our media as regular, normal people, but we are. And the only way we can change the, the, the media portrayal of Muslims is by telling our own stories. And so that's why I write plays. That is, that is awesome. And we, uh, we definitely are praying for your continued success because there is a void uh, that exists. And I think you're doing a great job in filling it uh, and addressing, giving voice to, uh, to the Muslim community, uh, to women. Um, you know, I think, I think it's a wonderful thing. Uh, last question, if I could ask. What advice would you give to other aspiring uh, Muslim playwrights? My advice would be just keep writing. If you're a writer, you know, don't talk about being a writer. Write. Just (laughs) work on your craft. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, you know, like I remember doing readings, inviting producers, and they wouldn't come. But I kept working on my craft. I kept working on the writing, and then I'd organize another reader, invite producers. So that by the time they came, the work was so strong. Because you never know when, you know, those that um, can help take your writing to the next level actually show up. If you're not ready and the work isn't good, nothing's going to happen. So you need to just focus on what you can control. You can't control producers to come or not. You can't control publishers to publish your work. But you can control what you do with your craft and what you do with your writing. So I would say to young aspiring writers, Work on your craft, develop it, so that when the opportunity comes where someone in the industry can take your work to a higher level, it's at it, it's excellent, and and things will happen. Keep writing. That's my advice. Keep writing. That sounds like awesome advice. Uh, where can uh, where can the Radio Islam family? Where can our listeners uh, stay in touch with you? Uh, your website, uh, social media. Yeah, just Google Rohina Malik. Um, I have a website, and it has a contact me page. Um, and you, it will directly come to my inbox, so you can reach me that way. And I would really encourage the Chicago listeners to please go to the Goodman Theater and check out Yasmina's Necklace at the Goodman Theater, downtown Chicago. It's running until November 19th, and uh, we've been getting amazing reviews. It's been Jeff recommended. Uh, don't miss it. That sounds great. Thank you so much. We are wishing you a safe uh, safe journey and return. You've got a lot of places uh, that, that you're headed and we hope uh, and pray for your continued success. So, Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. All right, Radio Islam family. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Rohina Malik. But hold on. We are not quite done yet. We've got a little something extra for you. We're going to close out with a few audio clips from Yasmina's Necklace playing at the Goodman Theater in Chicago right now through November 19th. So take a listen and enjoy. You're not what I expected. What did you expect? I don't know. A girl from back home. Maybe you think back home means backwater? No. No. Of course not. It's just... I told my parents I need to marry an American, not an F.O.B. Sorry? Nothing. F.O.B.? It's, uh... Oh, it's an expression, you know? Fresh off the boat? Like, new to the country, I've offended you. No, it's fine. I'm, you're offended. No, really, it's fine. I'm sorry. I am F.O.B. You are S.O.B. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? My English, it is not perfect. I speak with an accent. I do not think with an accent. I think you're intelligent. Very intelligent. 
But our dinner was divine. I'm fascinated by the fusion of Puerto Rican and Iraqi food. Well, it was delicious. For coffee and dessert, there will be no more fusion, just a taste of the island. Maybe I was feeling a little homesick. Let me prepare café con leche. Sara made so many Puerto Rican desserts. Tell them, my love. I made them black, quesito, pastelón de guayaba, and I drilled some yummy the flan. Really? Oh, he's a very good cook. <laughs> Let's have desserts in the den. Let me prepare everything. I'll help you, Sara. Uh, Sara, I am glad you've changed your attitude. Beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting necklace. What's that written on it? Says Iraq. Do you wear that in public? Of course, why do you ask? Just be careful. I mean, with all the madness in the world today, people are ignorant. It might be safer for you to not wear it, I mean, when you're outside. I think so. I mean, this might not be the best time for you to be making a political statement. It's not a political statement. I just meant that... Oh, um, never mind. <laughs> you're kind to be concerned, but I like to wear it all the time. Besides, if something happened, I could handle it. Has anything ever happened? Yes, at my job at the grocery store. I'm cashier. What happened? This woman started swearing at me. She said, how can you be proud of being from that sheesh country? You're all a bunch of terrorists. Then she said, get back on your camel and go back to Iraq. What did you say to that? I told her that I will get back on my camel after she gets back on her broomstick. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back, Radio Slam family. You are listening to to what to, to Radio Slam on WCB fourteen fifty AM, streaming live at www.wcb fourteen fifty com. And something really great happened, and that is our artists came in. So we're gonna introduce them. And talk with them and maybe they will share a little bit with us because they've come a long way. Alright, we still got that, that good music on. That's what I was asking for. Keep that going with us. Alright, Radio Slime family. So joining us, joining us in the studio is Hassan and his, and his sister Sarah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's get let's get that mic on you real quick. Yeah, yeah. Assalamu alaikum. Like my slam. Good to have you all. Glad you all made it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> right? Had some struggles along the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, persistence persistence play, uh, pays off. So, true. I want to I'm going to just give uh the Radio Sound family a quick intro um of uh, of these two talented individuals. Uh as I told you early on that I, I had the pleasure of seeing them both at CIGC's uh Youth Expo. Uh, a couple of months back and they they just they ripped it up so um so really quickly i'm going to introduce sarah first all right so she's a second semester uh student really second semester student <laughs> all right awesome at marine valley uh community college majoring in biology and studying to become an orthodontist and when she's not in school she's practicing her favorite sport taekwondo you stay over there. <laughs> stay over there. We're going to keep it nice and peaceful. Uh, and helping her brother Hassan to create memorable and inspirational music videos. So uh, doing this has also made her passionate about writing her own poems and performing at many events. So in her future, she prays to be content, whether that's her living her dream of being a successful orthodontist. So with the taekwondo, you break the bones. Orthodontist, what? <laughs> fix teeth. Fix, fix teeth. Okay, so you knock the teeth out and you put them in. All right. Uh, or joining the Taekwondo Olympic team. MashaAllah, that's wonderful. All right. Um, so I want to go up real quick, and we're going to tell you a little bit about uh, Hassan, a.k.a. Wisdom. All right. <laughs> yeah. Know. All right. Yeah, you know, he set the bar high. That's, that's, yeah. that's what's up. So 22 years old, uh, born and raised in Chicago, student at UIC studying biology. Uh, he's been writing and performing music since high school, and he's fell in love with it ever since. So he uh, grew up 
as a hip hop artist and a poet, plans to influence his generation doing what they love and use music as an outlet to spread love and posit- positivity. So that's, that's great, inshallah, inshallah. So, like I said, we're glad you're all here. We're just gonna, Thank we're gonna you. just, we're just gonna jump right in with both of you, uh, and maybe we'll get into some other questions uh, a little bit. Yeah, inshallah, a little I'm bit excited. Later. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah this yeah. is my first time. <laughs> so, uh, who wants to, who wants to go first, and and just just jump right in and give us something? <laughs> just who wants to go first? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I'll go if. if yeah, you yeah. can go. Yeah. <laughs> go okay. ahead, start it off. Okay, all right. So this is this is uh, wisdom. Uh, Dropping it on you. This is Radio Islam, uh, 14.50 a.m. This piece is called uh, Beautiful Palestine because I am uh, part Palestinian, part Lebanese. And, uh, I mean, I'm going to give, like, a little little background about it. You know, the reason why I wanted to write this is because I feel like because Palestine is such a sacred land, and not only just to Palestinians but Muslims in general, and... Um, the way I wrote this is because I felt like it was kind of oversaturated, like saying, oh, we need a free Palestine. And it's just really negative to it like kind of pushes people away. Mm-hmm. So I wrote this in a way where it's kind of a little bit of fun, a little serious, a little, you know, touchy. And so, uh, I don't know, I just had fun with it. Okay. So here we go. Bismillah. <clears throat> wow, Palestine, you're so beautiful. It's a shame you're not displayed in your truest form. Give me a chance to show you off to the whole world. I mean, don't you know you're better than these other girls? Don't you know how strong you are with all your potential? You carry around with you. You're something special. There's no need to keep it on the low, so confidential, because the land that you are is so influential. Can't you hear them? They want to be just like you. They want to be full of steam. They never felt so true. From your olive trees to your curvy streets to the rich soil that makes your heart beat. And when your heart beats, mine beats too. And when your land bleed, I bleed too. I mean, I understand you're damaged and you're hurt inside. But I really want to help. I want to make it right. Believe me, Palestine, I'm not these old dudes that like to use your name for views in today's news. That like to disrespect you in all kinds of ways. That like to push you down and call you all kinds of names. That like to make you feel lesser than who you truly are. I'm sorry for the times that they broke your heart. I'll do my best to mend the pieces that have fell apart. Just so I can see you smile under these bright stars. I'd like to take the time to thank you for being a part of me, as I'm glad to be a part of you, Falestine. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. That was tight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was tight. I almost don't even have to ask, like, what was the uh, what was the motivation for it? You know, yeah. it's like a celebration. Yeah, like um, like I said, you know, I I wanted to. Um, put something out there about Palestine because I feel like, you know, it's it, it's almost, I don't want to say forgotten, but because it's like, you know, every day it's, you know, it's tragic and there's something going on there. For, so people are just like, okay, you know, they want to stay away from that and, you know, focus on positivity. So I tried to put in a little bit of like positivity in there and, you know, made a little bit of fun. So that way, you know, they'll listen and understand, you know, what, what's going on. Yeah. Well, I mean, it had, had a great vibe, a great vibe, and a great uh, message. Thank you. You know, uh, and I think that's important. I mean, uh, especially considered, just, just like you mentioned, when the narrative is often the negative. You know, it's always it's you know it's despair, it's violence. Yeah. Uh, but to yeah. talk about and, and yeah. the descriptions, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Thank it, you. It, is that an element that you use with a lot of your work? Um, yeah, I try. Um, just because of like the hip hop artists that I listen to, uh, they like I love like how how they in, incorporate things and like say for example, um, like they they talk about like for a water bottle and then they claim it oh like this is a person this is a person and then when they finally hit the punchline, they reveal that it's a water bottle. So I try to do the same thing with Falasine. Okay, all right, all right, Sarah, want to make sure you get some airtime. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's what's the name of your piece? Um, it's patience. Patience. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you have uh, a quick intro for it? Or um, you need to? honestly, it's, you know, with hardship comes ease. So we just got to keep that in our mindset and, you know, all those with us the whole way there. So, okay. I mean, I guess that's the best intro. Okay. You got it. Go ahead. You see, I'm never very open. Leaving maha aching. Oh, sudri. Having these chest pains making me go crazy. They call me insane. They tell me, in the mal asri yusra. With hardship comes ease, but what about when it comes to a time where I can't breathe? They say, look up to the sky and say, God, help me, please. 
God, you see what no one else sees. You say, just ask and you'll eventually give to me. I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to eat from the tree. Give me patience, Sobirni. Give my family health and wealth and give them nothing but the best. I pray for... Give, sorry. Give them health, wealth, nothing but success. I pray for nothing but the best. Sahla alay. And make things easy. Surely we are made from clay and you are the greatest of greats. You made me who I am today. Keep me close to my deen and close to my Islam. Give even more to my fam. Have me bitter walidain kun radi anni. That means to me more than all the money. But most of all, alhamdulillah, thank you for the blessings that I have. And thank you for making me the Muslim that I am. MashaAllah, that's what's up. So what we need, what we need is a studio audience. So, so we can really just get the whole, that, get that energy going, yeah, you know what I mean, inshallah. back and forth. But yeah, that was, that was wonderful. Thank you. Thank that you. was wonderful. So I want to ask both, you know, whoever wants to jump in first. Uh, I know we, we read the bio, but do you remember the moment that you connected with the idea of putting your words on paper and realizing that you had, an, you know, that you had a talent? Okay. Uh, do you want this one? Either one. Take it. Um, I mean, you can kind of go with yours first because okay. I'm kind of probably going to feed um, off of you. Well, when I, <laughs> when, <laughs> when I, when I, when I like honest. first started high school, yeah. Uh, you know, I was moving to a new school. I didn't really know what was going on. And so uh, I kind of wanted something, like, like to, like, voice, like, how I'm feeling. I, like, And at the time, like, I was like, man, I'm not going to write a diary. What is it? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I thought it would be cool if I, like, you know, made a rhyme, made, like, like, you know, poetry, music, stuff like that. And then I did it, not the intent to, you know, actually, like, try to get big in it or, like, make a career out of it. I just did it just, you know, for fun, for, for an outlet. And then one of my friends, he he was reading my poem, and he's like, man, this is really good. You should, you know, try to perform this. I'm like, man, what are you talking about? You know, this is just how I was feeling that day. Right. And, you know, through through my friends, through my family, you know, they're encouraging me to do it. And so I just kept doing it and, you know, try to get better with it every day. Yeah. Okay. So that kind of so leads perfectly <laughs> into what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> I did, I, I would record his videos and every time Hassan would come in with a new lyric, he would come to my room and he's like, Hey, Saudi, you got to hear what's going on. Listen to this. So he'll read it back from the start yeah. and then read what he got new. So by the time he finished his song or his poem, I already had it memorized. I'm like, he's like on stage and he's rapping and I'm like rapping it in the crowd. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so number one. <laughs> That's wonderful. So, so uh, after that, um, there was times where I was like, you know what, like, you know, some of these events, like, because since I'm the president of MSA, I was like, some of these events, like, I feel like I could do something like that, you know, something a little here and there. Right. Um, so I took speech in high school, and in my speech, I had a little rap part, and uh, Hassan helped me with that rap. So that kind of, when I started seeing the reactions that I was getting a girl rapping, and she's, like, rapping fast and everything like that, um, I felt, I felt kind of good and bad. I felt good because I was like, I was like, man, like, I'm representing, like, you know, females, I'm representing hijabis, I'm representing the Muslim community. Mm -hmm. But I felt bad that there wasn't a lot of people doing that. There wasn't mm -hmm. a lot of people representing Muslims. Like, it was a shock to them. Right. So I wanted it to be, um, I didn't want it to be a shock to them anymore. So uh, Hassan definitely inspired me by doing that. So every time I would have a poem now, I would go to him, hey, can you, like, tweak this up for me a little bit? <laughs> Put some of, uh, like, you know, wisdom spirit in there. Um, so that's how it kind of became uh, what it is now. Okay. But, I mean, I, I don't see it. Like, he's obviously more passionate about it, and I want to support him through it. Mm -hmm. um, I do it more of, like, a hobby as for fun, um, perform with him every now and then. I mean, when she came out with her first piece, I was... <laughs> I, I didn't believe it was her. I was blown away. I was like, what? You wrote this? He's like, I'm going to use that really? line. <laughs> really? <laughs> now, that, now, that's always a, a danger. Well, that's when you have uh, the wrong people around you. But <laughs> seeing as that you're all a family, you can you can kind of work off of each yeah, other. And yeah, that's, bro, yeah. that's a great thing. That's true. That's yeah, true. we're actually uh, working on a piece together as well. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Okay. And and how, long, how, how far along are you all in that process? Um, um, well, I mean, we, we kind of... We kind of got it done. It's just the memorizing part. Yeah. So we're working on, you know, getting it memorized because, you know, that piece we're going off of each other. Like, I'll say a line, she'll say a line. And so right. it has to be, like, set up precise so where it just it doesn't sound weird right. or choppy. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so, yeah, we got, we got an event, like, later November. And then, again, like, mid-December or... What, Late at December, the, yeah. yeah. like, at the, the, the Mass, the Mass convention. convention. Okay. So, yeah, we're going to try to 
perform it there. Oh, that's awesome. And it's going to be on, like, social media as well um, if they're not at neither, like, those events in November or December. Mm -hmm. So it'll definitely be out there, and it's definitely one to look forward to. I mean, I I was shocked by the results. It was was fun, fun, yeah. How long did it take you all to write that piece? Uh, Maybe, like, like a few days. Three, four days, yeah. yeah. Now, is your your method, is it intentional, or do you – do you sit down and just let whatever comes to you come out? Um, kind of a little bit of both, but it's it's more like um, like I kind of like like the creativity to come to me because when I try to force creativity, it just never sounds good, and it yeah. sounds it, it sounds forced. Mm-hmm. And so I try to let it come to me, but I do think of like the topic before. I'm like, okay, I want to talk about this. These are the points I want to target. Now, how do I do it? Mm. And so if and even, like, if I'm lacking creativity, like, I'll try to, like, say, for example, like, if I want to talk, like, about, like, the Philistine poem that I had, I'll look up some poems about Philistine or I'll see, like, you know, what's going on in the news or, you mm-hmm. know, stuff like that. Okay. And then, yeah. Now, Sara, you mentioned that uh, you were you were rhyming fast and that people <laughs> were surprised by that. Yeah. So you have the, the, the quick... That, that quickness. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you remember the piece you did? Uh, I do remember the piece I did. You, would you mind? Let, let's hear it. Um, this is part of that piece. I just got to think about how, st- how did it start. Um, all right, I got it. All right. So uh, my, my speech was about, um, this was my high school one. Uh, it was about, you know, how women are treated in America or in general and um, how one of them is like, they're always underestimated. They're treated differently. Um, so I the, the reason why I had that rap part in there was um, there's not a lot of female rappers. And I was like, Nicki Minaj is probably one of, like, you know, the most famous female rapper. But I was like, there's a lot of things that she does besides her rapping that she's big for. There's nobody that's, like, you know, big for rapping that's, like, you know, doing, like, they're, like, successful in, like, you know, rapping and stuff like that. So I was like, I got I to gotta be that person. Right. So uh, it kind of it went like this. Uh, I'm going to keep going because I'm endless. I'm going to inflate like an appendix. Going to knock you down. Call the forensics. Dodging BS like the Matrix. You know I ain't going to take this doctor of rapping with my latex. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Apex. All right, let's slow it down. Slow it just a little bit. Then pick it right back up. I'm rapping fast. My head's like losing it. I'm losing it. I'm going insane. I'm so hot. Got to cool myself with flames. I dress so fly. I can wear it plain. And homie, I'll never quit. Just to prove to you that girls can spit. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Thank you. Nice. Nice. Uh, you know what? Um, I don't know what. I, well, you know, I'm trying to think who I'm thinking of. Oh, I know. So you, you mentioned Nicki Minaj, right? Correct. Are you familiar with Lady Lady Alicia? I am not. No. All right. I'm gonna send you some stuff. <laughs> Sounds from good. From the UK. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. But. She, um, well, this is not about her. I'm going to just take 10 seconds to tell you. Real quick. <laughs> yeah, no, but the reason course. that she's not, um, she says she was approached uh, and said that if she would create one of these these beefs with Nicki Minaj, mm-hmm. that they would put Maybe all kind of money behind her or whatever. She's like, I'm not, I'm not in it's that not game. That. I'm not with that. But mm-hmm. she, she's, man, she's, 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 she's good. Yeah. She's really good. And, yeah. Th- and again, like, I feel like that's what sucks is that you got to portray something you're not to be to something. be something you want to be kind of like fake it till you make it yeah but that, that's what like sucks about trying to make it big and that's why we're trying to stay you know to Tight our to roots and you know Correct. to who we are and yeah so yeah so mitchell as far as us the, the sincerity of, of what you're talking about do you feel like do you feel like the idea of trying to be uh staying true to your roots means that you can't also talk about things that you may have not actually experienced um I've, i mean n- no i mean you could you could talk about whatever you want um but just like being true to yourself is like say for example if i if i'm thinking one way right. and then i make a song about the complete opposite mm-hmm. and i say oh you know this is what i what i believe when clearly i don't right then right. then that's where i feel like you know it kind of it kind of skews, you know, your audience and even yourself. Right. Um, but say for example, like if if I'm, cause like I, I make a lot of songs where I'm just like having fun and I just talk about random stuff, mm-hmm. and you know, I try to make it in a way to where I'm like, okay, you know, so 
I want to like target this because it's you know it's a good punchline, it's a good hook or whatever. But I want to try to make it into what I think is true or what I how I believe it, um, and try to stay away from like trying to skew the subject or skew what my belief is about it. Okay, I I I have I got exactly what you're saying. Um, as I hear you say it now, I think I was thinking in a different direction mm-hmm. as far as like your creativity. Um, because there's this, you know, there's a, this preoccupation with being real, mm-hmm. you know, in hip hop uh, in particular, where you have people saying that, well, you know, I'm rapping about this because I've lived this, right? When and that's not always the case, right? Right. But for those who do, and it's usually something negative, not something that you really would, you know, want to be known for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know if if you were saying creatively that you would just need to stick with the things that you have only experienced in your life. Oh, no, no. No, oh, yeah, definitely. We yeah. talk about, like, things that um, we haven't experienced, like the whole Palestine thing. Like, yeah, exactly. I haven't been to Palestine, and he's only been to a part of Palestine where it's not necessarily war, but we have, like, family members or, you know, here in the community where we talk about those things, so we have a background, you know, of, of what's going on. So as long as we're educated about the subject, I feel like it's safe to say we're allowed to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to something that we're completely not educated about, I wouldn't I wouldn't go there just because I don't know the information about that. So we, that's where we try to stay um true to what we believe in but also know the meaning behind it and the facts behind it. So that's w- that's what we mean when we just don't like throw content out there. We want right. it to be meaningful. We want people to to reach the message message that we're trying to get from it. So So what's the space that you see for a Muslim artists um right now? Um I mean I I feel like they they should go out there and and like speak on not not only about like Islamic and Pal- Palestine and what you know stuff like that but just even even like random stuff you know um, just to get the Islam out there you know like say if, you know my sister for example she's a Muslim girl you know rapping doing poetry and stuff and I don't want to say taboo but it like you don't see a lot of that and so I that's why I encourage my sister or even like friends that that want to start poetry, guy or girl, you know, Muslim or not, I feel like, I tell them, yeah, no, do it. You know, even if you're, you know, don't get discouraged. Even if you're uh, starting new, just go ahead, put it out, and, you know, see what happens. You, you have to start somewhere. You're going to grow. Right, right. Um, do you think that there's an opportunity for Muslims to influence the culture? Not, I'm not saying in terms of, uh, of, of, of uh, proselytizing, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to give quote unquote dawah. Yeah. But just influencing the culture in a way that is um, that is that is that is upright for like. Yeah. You know. I feel. I feel. I feel. Yeah, we can 100%. because um, just the poem that that I read before when we first started. Um, that poem has Arabi and English in it. Yeah. And it has some even verses from the Quran in there too. Mm-hmm. So I feel like me stating those. Um, is educating people on the Arabic culture because they're going to be like, yo, what's that language that she spoke in there? Because I know when I hear like a Spanish song, I'm like, man, what are they saying? This is cool. <laughs> so um, so I know I know people would repeat it before they even know what it means sometimes because, you know, right. sometimes you know a song and you're like repeating it and then you're like, wait, what are they actually saying though? So I feel like that's where they would get educated from the things that I'm putting out there. So they'll be like, all right, she said this, it means this. Oh, now I see how it flows better with the poem. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely I feel like, you know, having that whole Arabic or even like, you know, the beats behind it. If we were to make a song or something like that, those like, you know, drums of the Arabic drums and stuff like that definitely brings out the culture. And I mean, me wearing like, you know, long sleeves, long pants, like, you know, cultural <laughs> stuff. Sometimes people see me with a habay or, you know, something like that. I feel like also the image is... Explain what a habay is. Habay is, um, it's a... It's a traditional wear. Yeah, it's a traditional wear that uh, women wear. It's kind of like a dress type... Um, it's black, long, uh, long sleeves goes down um, to cover the ankles. Um, usually they wear it, like you know, when they're going to the the mosque. Not everybody wears them, mm-hmm. um, but it's a it's a traditional wear uh, that people, like you know, like females wear. Some some guys wear dishdashes. So. So you see, I was looking out for you all, uh, our Radio Islam family that might not have, <laughs> have understood that. So that was for you. That was for you. All right. Um, what was I going? Oh. Who does your music production, or do, or, or or are your works are they standalone, just lyrical, 
or do you does everything that you do is the intent to put uh, 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 you know music uh, behind it? Uh, like, like as you mean like where do we record and stuff? No, 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 not not so much where you record, but when you do a piece, mm-hmm. is it with the idea that it's going to be a standalone, just a verbal recording, or oh. is it with the idea that all right, I'm going to put this put the lyrics together, I'm going to and then afterwards I'm going to work on the, uh, the actual music uh, and video production. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, it, it, again, it kind of depends on the piece. Um, mm-hmm. Say, for example, uh, if I want to... Uh, how do I say it? <laughs> I'll, I'll explain for you. I'll take it from here. Don't worry about it. Um, so video production-wise, um, I tried to... That's how I started supporting Hassan. I mean, obviously, he's my brother and stuff like that, but he got, like, very aggravated when he would start editing videos. He's like, how do you put these two things together? Like, this is getting very annoying. Um, so you definitely have to have the patience for that. And us being students in college and stuff like that, um, video production is is time-consuming. So um, I tried to be there for him when I was in high school and stuff because he had a lot of things going on. So I would edit his videos and post them, make sure people seen them and stuff like that. But um, right now when we do like these poems and song lyrics and stuff, uh, we just want to get it out there. So literally we would like record it behind a white wall or something like that and just like like just like record it and put it out on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, He does free verse Fridays like every Friday. I don't I don't do those. But uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe one day. But uh, he definitely what's free, has. What's Free Verse Friday? Uh, free Verse Friday explain. is um, kind of like what she was going off of, you know, because it was kind of hard to go to the recording studio, make a music video, then put it out and try to push it. <coughs> uh, excuse me. Um, so I came up with the idea of putting out Free Verse Fridays. So that's like a minute to two minutes, uh, just rap or poem or something like that. Just so I could stay kind of like Relevant in the eye it, yeah. of of the people, and okay. so yeah. I, also, I what's going up. on too, like um, with the election of Trump and everything, he came out with a Donald Trump poem, and I think he came out with two of those, correct? Yeah. Yeah, he came out with two of those, and those like I was telling him, I was like, Hassan, you gotta post these when people are talking about them, because that's how you're gonna stay relevant. So um, he posted them, and I think that's probably one of your most viewed, retweeted yeah, uh, videos definitely. out yeah. there. Which is, I mean, I, I like that one. It was nice. <laughs> okay, so you, you can't talk about it. And, and, and not, not perform it. Too. <laughs> yeah, so. All right, I got it right now. So uh, the piece is called Dear Donald Trump. And uh, I think I'm just going to go into it, and then the lyrics will tell you why I wrote it. <clears throat> Dear Donald Trump, I'm coming to you as a man. And in the beginning, I was willing to give you a chance. Not because I wanted to, but because I had no choice. And now you're forcing me to fight, forcing me to use my voice. So I will kick, punch, scream, anything to make some noise. I'm going to make sure that you're beyond annoyed. Oh, and get this. I am Muslim, but you're the one terrorizing the people. Bringing America back to the past, trying to make us feel separate but equal. But I thank you. Because you brought the people closer together. Your plans have backfired, bringing the people closer than ever. No wall, no ban will ever bring us down. You're the big bad wolf and you can't harm this brick house. So you can huff, you can puff, but you cannot break us. We're Americans and immigrants are the ones that made us. See, I'm not in your cabinet, but I advise you not to start a war with the religion. But if you want to, good luck. Because we're 1.6 billion and growing, and you are just one Donald Trump. Thank you. Hey, hey, we we might have to edit that. No, <laughs> no, no uh, that's. Hmm. There's a spirit in there that I hear, which is uh, optimism over uh, defeatism, right? Mm-hmm. Over pessimism. Yeah. Saying that the. The intention of what he's doing is not gonna is not gonna come through. Changes, yeah. Do you uh, have you witnessed that? Do you feel that way? Even though there's a lot of attention given to those people who are, you know, to the trolls and stuff. Um, well, because I was born and raised here, so I blend in really well. Mm-hmm. But I have seen it to where, like, I'm walking down the street and like I would hear like a racial slur, not directly at me. But say, for example, like if if a Muslim girl was walking by, you know, they can obviously tell that she's Muslim by the hijab or what she how she's dressed. So they will give her like a a negative uh, slur or, you know, some just some negative. And 
um, I didn't get it personally, but, you know, it hurts to see, you know, my fellow brothers and sisters, you know, getting hurt. Or even, like, for example, like, if my mom goes to the store, mm-hmm. you know, she would get a hard time. And, you know, it it kind of sparked this. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's why I wrote it. And, inshallah. Boy, that's the alhamdulillah. That's good. So, Sada, what what about you? Have how does that how does that piece resonate with you? <clears throat> a lot. <laughs> um, definitely, what he was saying. Um, it's not even only when you get like verbally attacked. It's the fear that's inside you that just because some such and such happened, you're afraid that it's going to verbally attack you at one point. So I personally never experienced. Um, I mean, I've experienced, like, rude comments here and there, but not after, like, you know, the Trump election and everything like that. Um, I went to a school that was very diverse with a lot of Arab, a lot of Muslims, so everybody had each other's back, and that's what we need. Um, But I do know people that did, and like he said, it hurts that people are afraid to leave their houses or even taking off their scarves. Um, I know in one of our new uh, poems that we just created together, uh, one of the lines are, afraid to get it, what is it, afraid to get Uh, it pulled off. No, it's... uh taking off my hijab so getting it pulled off would be prevented so so the fact that people are are fearing that they're going to get their hijab pulled off or fearing that something is going to happen to them or their mothers or fathers um little siblings that's that's what that's what that's what's messed up in society not the fact that like that person will actually get verbally abused by what people are saying but also the fear that's inside them Because people growing up should not have that fear. People growing up and wearing the hijab at a young age in junior high, high school, um, or old ladies that have been wearing the hijab Mm -hmm. shouldn't feel free. uh, Shouldn't feel freed. Sorry. In shouldn't (laughs) yeah shouldn't feel fear in uh, such a supposedly free American uh, world. So that's that's how I feel about that one. Okay. I want to thank you all, Hassan and Sarah. For coming in, uh, wisdom. You don't have a you don't have a a stage name, a pen name. Ah, uh, no, not yet. I mean, <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, well, you let us know, you know, because <laughs> it's easier to find on social media. You know, it's just first last name, just in case, like right. you know, I never get oh, to tell. Oh, tell them. everybody. Um, how can people uh, connect with you? Follow you? Oh, easy. Uh, Instagram, Twitter. My my at is w i z d u h three m's. And yeah, Instagram, and then my Twitter. Instagram and Twitter, which I don't really go on Twitter much, so find me on Instagram is sada.m.hussein. Last name is H U S S E I N. Okay, all right, all right, that's what's up. All right, Radio Islam family, thank you for uh, taking the time to spend with us tonight. Um, our executive producer for tonight has been Abdul Malik Mujahid, uh, engineer in studio, the impressive Ibrahim Beg. I'm your host and producer, Tariq El Amin. Uh, the views words whatever you've heard has not been it's been only the views of whoever said it okay not to be confused with the uh, positions of sound vision and i'm going to leave you guys as i greeted you assalamu alaikum may the peace that only god can give be upon you